what's going on everybody welcome back to the 1025 podcast this is episode 15 i'm jordan walton along with Kristen and ayana and today we're going to be talking about a topic that has been on a lot of people's mind lately in in regards to entertainment and that goes to and that is tokenism sorry about that tokenism and the main reason why i'm bringing this up is because it has been revealed let me share my desktop to you guys it has been revealed that warner brothers is creating a new superman movie with jj abrams and tanisi coates writing it uh, this comes from the hollywood reporter and it basically states that when warner brothers announced in february that celebrated author tani c coates is writing the screenplay and abrams is producing it did not address the matter of who is helming it and they are basically looking for a black actor to portray the man of steel basically now and it's also confirmed that michael b jordan is also going to be developing his own black superman project for hbo max in the form of a limited series but we don't really know that much about that project so it, mainly we're going to be talking about the tanisi coates one now in the comics there exist two characters who basically bear the mantle of superman the first one is calvin ellis who's essentially the president of the united states in the comics and also Val Zod, who Michael B. Jordan is playing in the film. These two characters cause a lot of controversy, mainly because they are tokenized versions of Clark Kent, Superman. And the Tiny C. Coates version is going to be basically a race-bent Clark Kent. So basically Clark Kent, but black, which doesn't really make any sense. Now... For those who don't know who Tanisi Coates is, he is an activist. He was an activist turned journalist. He's the main correspondent for the Atlantic and his political views are very controversial to media and the general uh, public. A lot of his work, he focuses on white supremacy and like and critical race theory and all that type of stuff. There, he also has an anti-American rhetoric where he even bashes the first responders of the September 11 attacks, where he called them menace of nature instead of the actual terrorists. And then there's even a memoir of his where he's literally smoking weed while looking at the World Trade Center collapsing. I want to ask you guys, in regards to the idea of taking a well-known character and just race swapping them, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Do you guys find that cool or do you guys think that that's like like a spin the face to the other original african-american characters that were created um i think that in some cases when the race or ethnicity of a character is important it's in my opinion it should be frowned upon to race bend that character like um i nothing really comes to mind but i know there are a lot of characters in the marvel and dc universe that are a certain ethnicity or a certain race for a reason it may be their background or it adds to their story or whatever but when it comes to stuff like superman i to a certain degree can understand why people would be upset about it because you know he was a part of so many people's childhood and they spent like you know most of their time growing up with this certain type of character and they're used to him being white and this tall brooding really kind person that brings joy to everybody 
And it can be a little shocking to see him be adapted into a black man, but I don't think that would take away from his character. I don't think it would lessen the impact of Superman or Clark Kent because him being white doesn't add to him being Superman. First of all, he's an alien. It don't matter what race he is or what ethnicity he is, he could come out blue and y'all would still watch it because he's an alien. I don't think it should really matter. I think if this were like a, like for example, Miles Morales, he is um, a specific type of Spider-Man from a different universe or a different dimension. But his backstory is that he's Afro-Latino. He, you can't make him white because he grew up with a black father and a, I think she's Dominican or Puerto Rican. I don't remember which one, but with a Latino mother, with a Latina mother. And that's his whole, that's his story. He's, he speaks Spanish. He's brought up in this very heavy Hispanic culture. And to just somebody come around and say, oh, well, I want him to be Asian. That takes away from his character. Yeah. You can, you can make a, a different kind of Spider-Man if you want to and make him Asian, but you can't take a character that has already dwelled in this immense culture and this is who he is and then you turn him something else. Yeah. Whereas Superman, as important as his role is in the DC universe, him being white doesn't add to that. He could be any race, ethnicity, color, whatever, and still be Superman. Right. I can understand people's I can understand people's emotion behind the um I can't think of the word behind the nostalgia of Superman and his character. But I don't think people should be necessarily upset that somebody just wants a black person to play the role. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen. I actually think a lot of the uproar was just Superman was already a white character and they're suddenly making him black. So I think the only conflict was like, are they doing this just for diversity's sake or are they doing this because they actually want to include us? They're mainly doing this because first off, they saw the success of Black Panther, which mm-hmm. Tiny C. Coates actually wrote. He wrote... He wrote two comics for Marvel. He wrote a Black Panther run called The Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. And then he wrote a Captain America run where it's basically, which not a lot of people liked, where Captain America is there. He went too woke when it comes to critical race theory and all that. And when I heard that he was attached to his project, Ta-Nehisi Coates, I automatically knew that, okay, in this film, they're going to explore a lot of critical race theory they're going to explore white supremacy they're going to explore the idea of okay what happens when our world's savior basically the most powerful being in the universe is a black man you know do i want to see that not really but i i get why that's very important especially in the climate that we are in now you know and um piggybacking off of what i what Ayana said, even Miles Morales, he's tokenized Spider-Man. He's a Afro-Latino Spider-Man. Even though he's very different from Peter Parker, and I'm talking about Into the Spider-Verse, Miles, the comic book Miles Morales, I think is, 
he's not he wasn't really as a lot of people didn't really like that character until into the spider-verse came out which is a film that i truly admire but the thing is with tiny c coats it has to be probably his anti-american rhetoric that a lot of people don't like about him and that's why it's like okay out of all the people to write this character you chose this dude a, a man who has gone on time and time again pretty much proclaim that he hates America. He he hates what the United States stands for. I also want to ask you. I completely understand, which is why I completely understand why people are upset about it. Like if somebody else wrote it, if Spike Lee was behind it or some other Tyler Perry or some other black director, writer, producer, whatever, I could, I could give a little more leeway, but knowing his background and what he really stands for, I think it is a little odd for them to pick him to really write and back this whole project. It is a little, it seems a little gimmicky to me, yeah. a little performative. They wanted, they just wanted an activist, someone who was openly an activist for the black community. And they were just like, okay, this, you, you do this for your community. We like that. We want that. So we're going to take you without really diving any deeper into who would actually fit the best for writing a project or directing the project or anything right. like that. It's weird to have someone like that write for a character that even though isn't even from this planet is very much patriotic in what he fights for and who he fights for. Right. It's, a, it's a little odd for them to have him pick it up, but I'm not really a Spider-Man fan anyway. But I, like I said, I can definitely understand why people would be upset about who is writing the character right. rather than the character just being Black. Right. And, and it's weird that he took two of the most patriotic superheroes, Superman and Captain America, and he just, you know, threw his po political agenda at both of those characters. Yeah. Now, a lot of people... You know, a lot of the average like comic book community, they're like, okay, I don't, I don't mind that. Like me personally, I don't really care about the color of a fictional character's skin, as long as you guys have a great story. You, you guys, know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. out of everything in the world to worry about, the last thing I need to worry about is who, uh, who's going to be cast to play a fictional character, uh, something right. that someone that started off as a drawing, basically. That's right. that's what these characters were drawings, but a lot of people they get this this um, idea that everything has representation has to matter and yes representation does matter like let's say Black Panther for example that was a cultural phenomenon, but me personally, and this is this is my personal philosophy when it comes to this, if you can't relate to a fictional character besides race. And I feel like the creator of that character didn't really do their job. For example, exactly. one of my favorite characters growing up was Spider-Man. Now, why was Spider-Man my favorite character? It wasn't because he was white. It wasn't because like, I'm not white nor from New York, but I understand, I understand what it's like to lose somebody that you know you care about. I know what it's like to feel powerless. And sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I know what it's like to have to go through the world and you have to have responsibility, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like I know all that stuff. Same thing with Superman. 
I'm not an alien from Krypton, and I'm damn sure not powerful, but I know what it's like to morally, you know, get up every day and try to be the best that I can be, you know, and a lot of other characters, I don't feel that, you know, that's, that's my personal stance on it, but and what I are y'all's think, thoughts on like representation and all that type of stuff? I think representation on all fronts are, is very important. No, the, regardless of what you're trying to represent, everyone should feel like they are being represented in is the it? movie. When it comes to stuff like, my dad and I recently watched A Quiet Place 2 and it was so fascinating to me that they got this whole cast of people to learn sign language. They, they all accumulatively spoke, spoke about maybe 20 minutes in the film and it's maybe an hour, 30 minutes, two hour movie. That's, that's a lot. And I'm, I'm sure there's some hard of hearing person or some deaf person watching this movie and going, wow, this girl is doing all this stuff when she's just as handicapped as I am. I feel like I'm capable of pulling my family through something and surviving even when it seems as hard as I, I feel like I'm capable of, you know, persevering despite the obstacles that have been laid in front of me. Stuff like that is very important for people who are marginalized and don't feel like they get the representation in the media that they're consuming. When it comes to characters and superheroes and villains and whatever the case may be, everybody has the right to feel like they're seen, to feel like they know that they're existing in this world as, as well as other people. For as long as television and newspapers and all this internet stuff has been around, white people have been the forefront of media. Right. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it comes to the 21st century and we're coming into 2021, there there's no way that you can't look where you are and notice that people are underrepresented. The black community is finally being able to even now like have a voice for themselves. When Black Panther when Black Panther came out in 2016, I was like, this is the first time that I have seen a superhero. This is the first time that I've seen a movie with Black people in it a black, about Black people, and it's not about our trauma. And we, exactly. are, we are in the forefront. We are nothing but the cast. That's it. There was one white person. There was two white people in that whole movie. Yeah. And they, their roles were important, but not nearly as important as T'Challa or Shuri or their mother or his father or even Michael B. Jordan. Like, I'm, I got so sick and tired growing up watching nothing but us on the screen being beaten and traumatized and always talking about what amendment was written for us or what we went through during slavery. I know right. all of that stuff. Exactly. I would like to see something where Black people are being powerful and we're saving yes. people and we're doing amazing things and we're persevering despite our obstacles. 2016 was the first time in my whole life I saw a movie starring a majority of Black people and we weren't being traumatized. And the first thing that I hear when that movie comes out 
is all these different communities complaining about how they don't have that same representation. And that's, that's not good. It's not good that one community is being brought to light and really being shown what we can do and who we are. And there are these other communities who are like, well, what about us? Where's our Hispanic superhero? Where's our Asian superhero? How come we don't get that kind of stuff? And that's a problem. Representation can come in many different forms. It doesn't even have to be as big as a whole movie starring nothing but one community. But when you're talking about little kids who just want to know that they can do whatever they put their mind to, they have to see that they can do that first. You can tell a child that you can be whatever you want, all you want to, but until they see someone who looks like them really doing that kind of stuff, they're never going to picture it. They're never going to really picture themselves in that kind of position. It's really important that children are seeing people who look like them so that they know that it's possible, that they, you don't always have to be the first, you can just join the club. Right. Exactly. Representation kind of creates like a sense of belonging, like, oh, I see me on screen, I see me out there doing big things. It's, it's kind of like, oh, I have my place in the world. I'm not just a background character. Exactly. Or you're not just like a stereotype, you know. Yeah, exactly. See, when it comes to when it comes to certain characters like in Marvel and in DC, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. The problem that I have with it is that you're taking a is that companies only find they only find the legitimacy in the well-known classically white characters. There's a YouTuber, his name is Eric B. July, right? And he has this YouTube channel called Young Ripper 59 I'm going to put the link in the description of this video. And he, he talks all about this tokenism, right? There are a lot of examples of certain characters who have been tokenized and they, they push their agenda. For example, most recently, Disney released The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where, and, it, and this is really isn't a spoiler, because if you guys have seen Avengers Endgame, you know that Sam Wilson becomes Captain America. Steve Rogers hands him the shield, and he becomes uh, Captain America. Now, as much as I dug the show, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people didn't like that they took an original Black character, like the Falcon, and they just put him under Captain America's wing, and now he's the sloppy seconds of Captain America. You know, um, even when it comes to, and I have a few examples of original black superhero characters that they can utilize that DC even owns. For example, let me, let me share this. Okay, real quick. For example, this is the Milestone universe, right? This is basically, it was created by this guy named Dwayne McDuffie, right? And they basically created characters who fit in a urban modern setting. And they tackled a lot of very serious topics like drug addiction, uh, I think police brutality, even though I do not want to see none of that in films anymore, because I'm I've grown sick and tired of that stuff. It was very revolutionary back in the 90s that somebody took a fictional character, a comic book character, and infused them in real life. A lot of people want this guy named uh, Icon, who is basically the closest someone will get to a black Superman, 
where he basically he he basically has the same story as Superman. He crash lands on a plantation. He scans the DNA of a slave woman, and then they that slave woman takes him under his wing, and he becomes you know the new hero of the modern era. Uh, this is Rocket, who's basically his sidekick. They go around doing adventures and all that. You have Static Shock, who is essentially, he's kind of DC's answer to Spider-Man, where he's basically a teenage superhero. That's a typical archetype. Then we have Hardware, who is essentially Black Iron Man. He owns his own company. He has his own technology. And he fights like tech-based villains and all that stuff. Now, other examples of um, race bending and even whitewashing, if you will, is the Ghost in the Shell film from 2017 where Scarlett Johansson plays Major Kusanagi. Now, I'm a humongous fan of Ghost in the Shell. I didn't mind this casting when it was first announced. I did find it weird because it was like, okay, her name is Motoko Kusanagi, and you cast an American white woman to play a Japanese woman, basically. And then it's revealed in the film that, oh, she originally was a Japanese girl, she died, and then they put her consciousness in a white woman's body. And if that was just plain old stupid to begin with, if it was black people, then that would have been even more stupid. It would have been even more controversial and crazy. And then another one is there is an Anne Boleyn miniseries, basically, where mm-hmm. they cast a black woman, Jodie Turner-Smith. I'm sure you guys have probably seen the movie Queen and Slim where she's in this movie. This is different because this is history. Now, granted, we don't know what Anne Boleyn really looked like because this is only a painting that we're going by, but the fact that y'all, the, that the BBC, the you know network that created this show, just forcibly took a already well-known figure like Anne Boleyn and just did, pulled the race-bending card on it, I just find that just kind of weird now going back to the black superman film they describe this similar to a 20th century period piece so anything from 1901 to 2000 we don't know where this would take place in you know a lot of people have been speculating that this might take place during the tulsa race riots which i don't want to see a lot of people even say the uh the civil rights movement My biggest thing is, do I really want to see a Black struggle film masquerading as a superhero movie? Nope. And that's my issue. That's always the issue. It always is masked by this welcoming theory of a movie. And you're like, wow, that sounds really good. I would love to see that. And then, like you said, it's turned into some kind of period piece about brutality or, yeah. or tra- traumatic history or something like that. I'm like, I just, I just want to see people fight in the street and destroy a city without it being racist right. or racial. You can have a black Superman. You can have an Asian Superman. You can have any kind of Superman that you want. It doesn't change his character. You can't make a movie out of something from a character that is not yeah. exactly. That like even past the whole race thing, that was my issue with one of the Superman movies where they had made him this kind of melancholy, very sad and depressed 
character, but that's not who Superman is. That's not Clark Kent. That's not his character. And it just ruined the whole vibe of the movie because, like I said, I'm not a fan, but I've seen seen every Spider-Man movie. I've seen every Batman movie. And I've never seen him like that. And it just made me like, this is a bad movie. Why would y'all make him into this sad and depressed guy? He's never been sad and depressed. He's a person that brings joy and helps people and does everything he can to keep his community safe. Why, why would you make this whole movie surrounding a character that isn't him? And now that they're making a racially motivated, I should say, movie, and then just masking it as representation is even more of a problem. If you want to represent the Black community and make a Black Superman, make a Black Superman. Don't turn it into a period piece and don't make it racial. Yeah. Exactly. We want to see us be happy on screen. Exactly. That doesn't even make any sense. And from the looks of Tanisi Coates' work, like I mentioned, a lot of his work focuses on that white supremacy. You know, he, he he pushes this critical race theory agenda that is so like it, it I can't even describe it. It's 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 insane to me. Like even a, a philosopher who I admired a lot pretty much my whole life, Dr. Cornell West, he basically described it perfectly himself. Tiny C. Coates, he fetishizes white supremacy. He fetishizes the idea of black plight, you know, which I, I just don't understand. It's like, as a writer, as a, a aspiring creator like myself, you want to tell stories that instead of trying to go back and you have to relive history, go forward, go forward, tell a new story, tell a new story, you know? And like, there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with wanting to tell a story of reality or what you see when you walk out of your door. There's nothing wrong with wanting to tell the story of the plight of the black man or the black community, but you can't shove it into spaces where it doesn't belong. If you wanna have a conversation about those kinds of issues, have that that kind of conversation on your own platform, in your own system. Right. You can't bring it into this this comic community that that just raves about superheroes. You're gonna bring everybody down, expecting yes. to see Superman, black and powerful and kicking ass and doing this and doing that, and then you just see him raving to white people about white supremacy. Yeah. If you want to talk about it, talk about it. Nobody's saying that he can't, and I think it is a little weird the way that he fetishizes white supremacy and how he's just is obsessed with this idea of dismantling white supremacy. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense to bring that kind of topic into a realm of superheroes. That's just ridiculous. You're talking about a really real and tangible and scary and dangerous situation from a fictional character. Exactly. And while... And while the best art is a reflection of an artist's reality, you have to you have to realize that this is the realm of fantasy. Not a lot of people who read comic books probably don't give two shits about what's going on in the world. 
when I was growing up reading Marvel and DC, I didn't care about what was going on. I, it wasn't until I was much older that I realized, oh crap, all of this is really happening to people like me, you know? Yeah. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna also kind of introduce like another topic real quick, right? In the early episodes of the 1025 podcast, specifically episode one through three, we talked a lot about colorism and how colorism can affect how black artists get roles and how they pretty much, you know, stand out in the industry. Do you guys think that, which do, do you guys think tokenism is somewhat kind of a version of colorism in a way where they're taking a classically white character and instead of, you know, making an original character, they're just doing, okay, here's a black version or here's an Asian version, a Hispanic version. This is all that you guys have, the black community, you know, instead of yeah. developing more original characters and telling those stories. Cause there are a lot of original black characters in Marvel and DC that no one has explored yet. What are y'all's thoughts? I think that, I don't think colorism is a, a form of tokenism, but I do think colorism is affected by tokenism, if that really makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Black representation, although it's not scarce, uh, I guess as much as it used to be, but even when Black people are being represented, it's by the most palatable Black person, a light-skinned person, somebody who's mixed race. Like, uh, the best example I can really think of is Zendaya. She yeah. is a, a, a phenomenal actress. I love her in everything that she's ever been in, but she is not the only Black person who exactly. can play a teenager. It's the same I, reason they use... It's the same reason they use Scarlett Johansson and everything. Yeah. Exactly. She's like the only white person out. I love seeing Zendaya. I love seeing her in movies and in TV shows and whatever she's on at a time, but... There are, there are more Black people who can play that role of a teenager who are darker skinned. Yeah. She was in Euphoria. She was in the, um, the newer Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. She yeah. was in, I don't remember what movie it was, but I think it was on Netflix um, maybe a year or two ago. I never watched it, but I'm, I'm not tired of seeing Zendaya, but I'm tired of seeing the same person in every single black role, there has yeah. to be more representation on the spectrum. Black people come in all kinds of shades, as you can see. We're all <laughs> black people on this podcast, and we're all right. different colors. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's ridiculous to me that the movie industry, the film industry, has such a hard time with finding different colored black people it's right. always the palatable black person who is either mixed race or just light skin right and i don't have a problem with it in the sense that i love seeing my people on the screen regardless of what shade they are but i would love to see some different colors i'd like to see some deeper browns some some yeah. some dark chocolate in there something it can't always be the same shade over and over and over again because every right. single time there's a darker skinned person on the screen, it's about black trauma. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like I you said, I've never seen not one light skin on the screen when it comes to slave movies. Right. And like you said, everybody on this podcast, we're all black, but we come in different shades, different, different colors, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, like even colorism, because Kristen, I know you know in the earlier episodes, we talked about this a lot from vibes yes. cartels skin bleaching and i think it was jamaica i think it was the skin bleaching yes it uh i think uh shanti brought up something when it came to like my head is like spinning so I, i'm kind of like jumbling up i have the notes right right <laughs> um we talked about zoe zaldana and yeah the nina zoe simone. saldana nina simone situation which i actually have mm-hmm. a picture of I'm gonna try to bring this up, but we got like six minutes left. But uh give me like one. Okay. It's not it's not up, but I'm sure you guys have all seen that picture where she basically that's like her first look as Nina Simone, and it was basically her in blackface with a a weird afro, and she looked nothing like her, to be honest. But but yeah, man. Like I even remember a while ago people were pinning beyonce and rihanna against each other saying that beyonce is more beautiful because her skin is more beautiful and she's so much lighter they're both beautiful women right don't, right right, why right. Is it, they're both beautiful black women yes. why does it matter the color of their skin that makes them the prettiest right that I, never made any sense to me I mean, and it's everywhere and it's so apparent in this society that it's run over into different forms of media. Right. It's all I, I see now. I, I still don't understand that. Y'all comparing Beyonce and Rihanna, it's like, damn, they both beautiful. I mean, of course, I'm the Beyonce simp and gonna say Beyonce is always gonna be bae, but like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're both like, come on. But like people, like people can have their opinions on who right, they like. Right. You, can't, you can't just definitively say that Beyonce is more beautiful than Rihanna because She's got lighter skin. I mean, they're both exactly. they're both gorgeous. They're like, both gorgeous. Like if I walked up to both that. of them, they would probably not even give me the time of day. Like, exactly. Like, you can say you like one person over the other, but to say that one is more beautiful is yeah, really man. overstepping. Right, right. That's really overstepping. Both Beyonce, Rihanna, and Nicki Minaj, in my opinion, bay for life. But yeah. Before we before we end. I also have to say, I am so tired of seeing black people as the villain. Oh, I hate that. Either we're the villain or we're the victim. Or the. Why can't we just be the victors for once? Or the magical, mystical Negro in horror movies. We're always the, the sensical, wise, oh my God, I got all your, I'm the witch, I'm the. Can't just be normal civilians who go to jobs and right. That's why I kind of like that more representation is coming out. Like with Easter Ray's insecure, I was like, oh my gosh, I see myself on screen. Exactly. Like I, I absolutely refuse to watch Black Lightning because they have this guy with albinism that is just so awful he's just this yeah. really bad guy he's always yeah. talking down on his fellow black people i'm like why would y'all make him like that why would y'all write this character like that yeah that character why? is very rude 
That's he's weird. A lot like, of people don't like Black Lightning. I, I heard Black Lightning. And then like is they wrote trash, the whole backstory about why he was that way, but it still was just like he could have learned. Right. Like you you as a black person, regardless of what skin color you have, you shouldn't be going around purposefully trying to hurt black people, calling them all kinds of slurs and stuff. That's weird. Right. Right. Yeah. But I, I can't stand it. But yeah, we're back. New episodes. Uh, any final thoughts when it comes to just the idea of tokenism? You know, we, we might continue this topic in like future episodes, maybe. But I think today, pretty cool discussion when it comes to tokenism. And I'm glad that, you know, I got to hear you guys' views on this idea because, you know, it's it's. It's great when you hear someone else's perspective on something that you probably wouldn't really agree on. Yeah. I think that, I think tokenism isn't necessarily a bad thing if the representation that you're trying to convey is done right. Yeah. If you want to encapsulate this identity for this character, fictional or not, and you center it around their race or their culture or their ethnicity. The best that you can do in that situation is not turn them into a stereotype. Don't make them the stereotypical Black person or the stereotypical Hispanic person. You can make Black people have different personalities and do different things and think differently, act differently. Same with any other culture, community, ethnicity, race, whatever. Tokenism yeah. doesn't have to be a bad thing as long as the representation isn't conveyed in such a way that it's harmful to that community or yeah. any other community. Yeah. Kristen? I definitely think representation without inclusion isn't really representation. So I think we shouldn't really do diversity just for the sake of it and actually have some meaning and intention behind it. So that way it's not just symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for watching the 1025 podcast. Uh, if you guys like what you know the three of us are doing, you guys can donate to our Patreon. I, I actually started a Patreon like three fucking weeks ago. So the link's in the description right there. And uh, yeah, I'm Jordan along with Kristen and Nayana. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Bye. Hold on, where, how the fuck do I stop this? <laughs>